everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where it is very possible I'm about to conduct the most important interview of my life. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. Live lunch. Coming to you from the home of the Nahum Siegel Network on the gloriously beautiful Lower East Side this Thursday morning. Booker Tov to Avrami. Booker Tov. How's everything? Thank God everything is uh, doing all right. Good. Thank God. Been an exciting week here at the network and on JM and the AM. We have a lot to talk about. So I uh, unfortunately am going to have to cut our conversation short because my guest is here and I do not want to make him wait, of course, too long. And I'm being facetious as Nahum Siegel's graciously joined me, has agreed to join me this morning to discuss the big announcement. Uh, and as Nahum mentioned this morning on JM and the AM, if you have not yet spent a day being tuned in to what we've got on the network, we have programmed all day. Today is the day to do it. Besides the programming we've had all morning, and Charlie was phenomenal, Allison and her Lipa interview were great, Michael, and I mean, there's so much for Michael to talk about with the election. The programming has been fantastic. We have also been announcing that after the live luncheon early and mid this afternoon, we are going to be covering Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech at the UN. We have been told that it is scheduled for 3.30. It seems that Many others are under the impression that it will take place three hours earlier. Either way, we are on top of it, and you don't want to miss that. That is, of course, here exclusively at the Nahum Siegel Network, because that's what you can expect here. Bigger, better, and bolder programming. That is what we are committed to bringing you. Follow us on Twitter, Nahum Siegel Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. I would also like to encourage people, if uh, you have not already somehow or another tripped over my post this morning on Facebook about this incredibly uh, inspiring story that that I was able to witness and a little bit be a part of on the E-Train this morning. I highly encourage you to check my Facebook page. It has certainly given me a jolt of Musser, uh, this Elul, that is for sure. It is the 154th anniversary of the delivery of the Gettysburg Address. And I note that because it happened on September 22nd, an important date. It was a pivotal moment in American history. And as a person who loves language... It was also an important benchmark on how to deliver an effective message without writing a Megillah. There are numerous important dates today in today in uh, national national holiday dumb, as we like to refer to it. It is Ice Cream Cone Day, which I have a feeling we're going to be celebrating here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's also National White Chocolate Day. People do know that white chocolate is not actually chocolate. We'll talk about that another day. And it's also American Business Women's Day. So shout out to the sisterhood. That is, uh, that is a day I can participate in without the ice cream cone and without the National White Chocolate Day. Um, also, since I'm not on the air tomorrow, I just want to wish my brother a happy birthday. Renown, many, many happy years to come. Please, God. Anyway, you are listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And Nachum Siegel himself joins me this morning. Tuesday morning was a another uh, just incredible broadcast, but obviously a more poignant bo- bo- broadcast and a significant unbelievably significant one in JM and AM history, and I would argue in Jewish radio history. And that was the announcement made by Nahum that morning that after 33 years at WFMU, that relationship was coming to a close December 1st. JM and AM would continue and looks forward to continuing exclusively here on the Nahum Siegel Network. And as people are looking for answers and want to hear things further and listen and part, be part of the discussion... I thank Nachum for joining me. Good morning. Good morning. Most important interview of your life. Wow. I know. Talk about setting yourself up for uh, 
an interesting conversation. Yeah, I sort of set the stage with that one. I felt I was at a disadvantage, though, because when I have the opportunity to have on an exciting guest, I usually discuss it with you first. Ah, right. interesting. Yes, so there was a little bit, there's a little bit more angst in, in this preparation than in what usually occurs for me because I didn't have anything to bounce, anyone to bounce anything off of. So. And I'm surprised at my angst at this stage of my career <laughs> when I'm an interviewee. It's funny. Well, I this actually is a phenomenal segue into into my first question for you, which was ha- having been able to really be a part of Tuesday Morning's message and listening to you speak to your listeners in an unbelievably profound and humble um, and sincere manner. I I wonder at what point for you. I mean, you were really addressing every single listener out there that morning. At what point for you did radio become that personal? And at what point for you did you realize that this was no longer a hobby? Well, it's a good question. And um, and one of the things people have to keep in mind about Tuesday's announcement, because there have been many announcements in the history of radio about change. And there are many announcements in the history of radio about new ventures and, and continuing a venture in a different venue like we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I was in a unique situation for a variety of reasons. First of all, it's a long time. I've been at the same place for 33 years, which is a long time. Secondly, it's not just addressing an audience that is you know, relatively loyal and generally excited about you know, what we do every single morning. It's also addressing an audience that is, that is personally, and I mean them, they are personally responsible for the continuation success of the show each year. You know, I'm not just addressing an audience. I'm addressing our supporters. I'm addressing a group of people that are, again, responsible, so to speak, for the radio show and station to a degree continuing. So I felt it was, you know, as exciting as our venture is, which and it is extremely exciting, and ideas are flowing through all of our minds, you know, I could say 24 hours a day, in terms of the future and things we could do and what we plan on doing and changes that we really, at this stage, feel we're going to make. And I'm sure between now and December 1st, that's going to change a million times. But as exciting as that is, and as exciting as I, excited as I am, there, there had to be a, a moment in that, uh, um, in, that, in that presentation, in that information that the community was getting on Tuesday, uh, where I acknowledged this very close relationship that we have, myself and my audience. So you asked when it became not a hobby, but it became more of a... Well, there's that moment when you realize that this girl that you're dating is not just a girl that you're dating. And as listeners of That's Life know, I only have two kinds of metaphors. I have baseball and I have relationships. And you have referred to radio as your first love. Correct. I've been very public about that. That that JM and the AM is my first love. I I would say the following, um, and a lot of people don't remember this. Uh, a select few do. When when I started, I was only on a couple of days a week because I was in a rotation system with other people who were doing the show. So I was, and, and in addition to that, I started during my senior year of college. Your senior year of college, you know, you could be doing anything. Uh, it's never it's never going to be the thing that you think is going to end up being your vocation. It's the senior year of college, after all. So I would say after that summer ended, going back to 1984, after that summer being there for the first season ended. And and it became obvious to everybody around me, including myself, that I was going back and doing this five days a week and I was beyond college and that this was now my quote-unquote first real job. I think that's when this whole transformation took place where I basically uh, I, I submitted to the fact that 
this would be what I want to do and what I want to do every single day. I didn't think it would last 33 years. And boy, there's some people who were around me at that time who they they didn't think it would last 33 minutes, frankly. Uh, so, so you've so you've had naysayers around you before oh. who, are, who have looked at a potential venture that you're getting involved in and have said, "My God, do you do you have a clue what we're doing are here?" Are you kidding me? I pride myself on being surrounded <laughs> by naysayers. Uh, yeah, naysayers. It's not just naysayers. It's 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 not just naysayers because we've had our skeptics it is, since oh, the yeah. announcement. We have had our skeptics. Yeah, I mean, people are. Some people are in a panic. Some people think it's going to be a major change. Some people think it's going to be a change they can't adjust to or get used to, uh, which I understand. All change is difficult or, or, or can be difficult. Um, but it's not just naysayers. It was. It was sort of like no nobody in in Hebrew. I guess we would use the word go race. No nobody recognized or appreciated the fact that I was in this capacity and doing what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, like, I keep thinking it was, I, I always say, and I, I think it was about seven years later, talk about seven years, seven years is a long time, about seven years later, all of a sudden, it became obvious to me that people around me and others in the community felt like, oh my gosh, this is a real thing that's got to be taken seriously. This is a real adventure that's, you know, that, that has to get our attention. And I think that was, that was one of the turning points. We're going to have turning points going forward. I think that you know transitions are difficult, no matter what they are, and we'll have our rough spots. Um, and I think we will turn to each other at some point in the next year or two. I would say I don't think it's going to take seven years. In the next year or two, and say, boy, we are way beyond what we ever expected. And you know, with hard work every single day and commitment, which is one thing I'm known for, is being there every single day or making sure someone's there every single day uh, for three hours or more. Um, yeah, it's got to look pretty good that you've held the same job for 33 years. Yeah, I mean, part of, you know, <laughs> people ask what's the secret to your success. I always say part of it is just being there, you know, right. all the time and having the stamina and commitment and, and the wherewithal to just do it. And, you know, and I always say, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Tisha above or whether it's the most exciting day of the year, we always provide programming and always make sure to take it very seriously. I spoke to you the other day about some of the memories I have at the radio station. I slept there for a couple of nights during <laughs> 9-11. I slept there for a couple of nights during the blizzard of 96. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not that proud of it because I have a family and I made that the priority, but they understood it. You know, they understood that the that the most important... I remember in August of 19... In August of 2003, when we had the big blackout here on that Thursday, I happened to be in Baltimore that day. It's funny. And the entire East Coast, I think, uh, was completely blacked out. Um, I drove back to the radio station and uh, from Baltimore and got there like 4 a.m., slept a couple hours and went on the air. People who had electricity and were able to listen in could not believe I was there. Like they were just they just assumed <laughs> that with the conditions in right. New York, there's not a chance I'm going to show up. And that show ended up being a very important show for people who were discovering through the airwaves, you know, what stores are open and who has electricity, you know, it's, and what neighborhoods are active, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Jam and the AM has served that purpose in oh, terms yeah. of community announcements and awareness. And that is yet another feature of the program that will never go away and will just continue through December 2nd. It'll continue. I remember a story where, um, where somebody called in that they were, uh, that they were, they were stranded at an airport in Germany. This is a Friday, so in Germany, it's five, six hours ahead. They're stranded, and they have no idea what to do. I get on the air. I announce this, and sure enough, you know, minutes later, they're connected to the Chabad rabbi in the city that they're in. And uh, again, that maybe today they can Google it, and the stories obviously you know, are, are, are somewhat a little bit different today because of technology. But this is the type of thing that, uh, you know, that, that occurs when, 
when there's a commitment and there's someone there all the time. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And Nachum Siegel himself joins me as we discuss the big announcement this week about JM and the AM and our continued transition over the next couple of months. So let's just take a step back for a second. You've been on the air for 33 years and you've had numerous experiences behind the mic. So the, the experience for you as a host has changed how over the last 33 years and how in the last couple of months? Uh, I mean, as a host, I think that, um, you know, the shows are always evolving. The show's a lot different now than it was, you know, 30 years ago. Um, although it's funny because we do listen to some of my first shows at WFMU. Some of them do sound similar to things we do today. So there's a measure of consistency, and then at the same time, there's a measure of evolvement and evolving. And... Um, in my role, different. I mean, I, I always like to point to the fact that you know, in the old days, so to speak, we were much more of a news reporting organization. Not news meaning you know hard news that one we get from a news station, but just you know keeping people up to date on stuff that today they would find out from social media and from other sources. Today, I think it's more of a complementary role uh, where people want to hear you know conversations, in depth conversations about different things. It's a soundbite world, so things that we do are available nowhere else. You know, Friday mornings we have a weekly update about Israel and the Jewish world. It, it, it doesn't exist in any other format because there's no opportunity for anybody to do that anymore because that's the, the way that TV and radio works these days. Uh, so I, I, look at the, I look at my role more of a, uh, you know, to enhance people's uh, information uh, as opposed to uh, breaking information, although I think we still do break a lot of news, frankly, for a lot of people. You had mentioned Tuesday morning that something occurred or that a decision had, had become it had become more apparent a couple of months ago that a decision was going to have to be made about a break with WFMU and a change in direction. So did something change for you as the host? Did things become more apparent? What occurred that, and I, I think this is part of uh, the listenership's answer to the question of why. Right. So what occurred a couple of months ago that brought you and Ken Friedman, because again, this decision was amicable and it was mutual and WFMU has been an incredible partner and continues to be an incredible partner in this transition. What occurred a couple of months ago that made the both of you come to the table? I think that uh, it's really a couple of years. I think for a couple of years, uh, it has become obvious to those close to me and uh, including Ken Friedman, the leader at WFMU, that uh, we had grown, the, thank God, the Nahum Siegel NSN brand to a great degree. Um, it, we had done some incredible projects, especially in the last year or two, noteworthy ones that got international attention. And it just became obvious to everyone that, this, that, we, that, if we can, that if we'd like to continue to grow, and if I would like to establish my own entity and leave my mark you know, as an independent network, it, it cannot be done uh, as an employee or with the guidelines of a radio station like WFMU. Not saying anything bad, they're, you know, they, they, they're running a great operation, have guidelines that, are, that, are, that, you know, that fit their format. Uh, but this is, not un, this is not uncommon. This is not unusual. A lot of people out there, you know, when they feel either restricted or feel that, uh, that their growth is challenged uh, or muted or might be muted, they, you know, they, they make a bold move. So for us, it's a bold move. Uh, thank God, with all the people that are enthusiastic about this move, God bless them, and with all the people <laughs> who ha are panicking about the move, God bless them, the one thing that I didn't expect is the loyalty. I did not expect that we'd have this degree of loyalty where people would trust me and react that, you know, that they understand why I'm doing it and they trust that we're doing it and for a good reason. That is a good feeling that after all these years, you know, that I can get on the air and people understand 
and trust the fact that, that someone responsible is making this decision, is representing the Jewish community. Because look, there won't be Jewish programming on WFMU, and obviously this is the result of my negotiations with the radio station. So a lot of people could be uh, you know, offended or hurt or upset, and, and some are, but in terms, of, in terms of where to put the blame or how to assign the, uh, um, uh, you know, in, in terms of how to understand why this happened, I think people are being very understanding that this was a, a decision that me, on the, that I on the front lines felt had to be made. So who, after the decision was made, who was the hardest person for you to tell? <laughs> I don't know if I've encountered the hardest one yet. That's a good question. <laughs> Person or people? I can... Yeah. I mean, um, well, my family was the hardest because it's all they know. It's their, you know, they, this is what they are used to. And um, it is it is very difficult. The funniest encounter, I have to say, is, of course, attributed to my daughter, Yonina, who's now a senior in high school. And the tradition, of course, has been that when you're a senior in high school, you have a lot more flexibility in terms of your schedule and getting places. And traditionally, the four older kids in the family have always been at the JMAM fundraiser, basically for all two weeks, hanging out there. It's a big social scene and a you know wonderful breakfast and all that. So, so she, of course, says, what's her reaction? She says, oh, typical me, just, just when I become a senior and I'm ready to come to the marathon for two weeks, that's when you decide to leave WFMU. <laughs> so there have been some funny moments. I mean, you know, there's been stunned silence and there's been, um, you know, pe- people who find it very hard to believe, including my family. Uh, but it takes some time to getting used to. And then, uh, you know, I-, I think, I think both people close to me and listeners who have really made JMNAM part of their own family, who have really... I mean, people are writing to me today, and it's funny, today on Thursday, the announcement was made Tuesday, today I'm in a different stages of reaction to this move. First day, 80% positive, 20% you know, challenging. Yesterday was more of a um, you know, hearing from people who took a day or two to compose their emails. Or, you know, and today, it's those people who felt... I can't, I can't, I can't contact him on the first day. He's <laughs> he's in the midst of this great enthusiasm. I don't, I don't want to put a damper on day one, and it'd probably be wrong to do it the second day. But today already, <laughs> I can cut. So that's the type of reaction I'm getting today, both on the phone and by email. People who are, you know, devastated. They are, you know, this has been part of them for so long. They don't think they can adjust to the change, and they're, you know, wondering what to do. What are they going to do? Well, someone wrote, "What am I going to do without my best friend?" You know, what am I going to do? You know, which is, you know, which is very nice, but. You know, nothing lasts forever, and uh, and I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's it's uh, it's going to be a big adjustment for a lot of people, and the people outside of New York and New Jersey, and those in New York and New Jersey who are already listening on, you know, alternate methods are, are not going to be affected at all. I think it's a very important point to make. I think that's the biggest misnomer. Yeah, is that New York and New Jersey are completely affected when you keep in mind that none, nobody on Long Island can listen on WFMU. You can't pick it up anywhere if you're standing on your roof with a transistor radio over your head and 17 antennas. You can't pick it up. You can't pick it up on parts of the belt. You can't pick it up on parts of Brooklyn, Queens, you name it. There are major sections. And by the way, New York and New Jersey are pretty large states. Right. They are There are pockets that you can fill, You can obviously listen to 911. But now we're giving everyone the opportunity. They have had the opportunity to just listen seamlessly. And now we're all going to listen seamlessly. And I said to someone this morning, I said, you know, if I told you that you have the possibility of hearing a longer show and a better show and a more effective show and one that you know where we're completely in control. And they started to get it. They started to understand where I was coming from. And I understand there'll be people that we lose, but I think around the world, 
as we move forward with this venture, we are just going to gain so many more. So then explain to everyone what you mean, because you keep alluding to this. You're going to present a bigger show, a bolder pro- bolder programming, more exciting opportunities. What do the listeners have to look forward to? Well, first of all, I mean, one of the things that's certainly being discussed um, um, aggressively is uh, extending JM and AM. And there are, I mean, someone said this, someone who lives in Brooklyn who does not have an aux cable um, a jack in their car because their car is so old <laughs> and who told me all this this morning and is wondering and panicking how they're ever going to listen again when I told them that the show is going to be on past 9 o'clock that to them was a godsend that they always they were always frustrated by the wow. fact that it was ending at 9 o'clock and we wanted more we wanted more we wanted more so I mean that's a big change I don't think it'll be five days a week I think there's certain programming that has to remain at 9 o'clock um, and, and will but you know, certain days will be longer. I think certain days can be even longer than that. If we have you know live music guests or something special to present, or you know a, a guest that's only available to us live in the studio at a specific time during the day, I think we have to make that adjustment and present it. So you know, I don't know for sure exactly uh, you know what's going to fill this you know this bigger and and better programming. But I think there are a lot of concepts and ideas out there. For instance, if we're on the road. We have been obviously restricted to you know to end a show at nine a.m. Right. Very often at nine a.m. is when the best people you know walk in on the road and you know and discover we're there and and, and walk into wherever we are. Now we have the opportunity to extend the show and include them and uh, and to get an interview or to get you know insight from somebody that we would never have gotten before and that would not have been you know cut up into an archive and distributed around the world by by us and our partners. So I think that that's just a you know the tip of the iceberg in terms of things that could happen. You know, we've discussed broadcasting with the West Coast, special programming. You know, one of the challenges we always had is the, is the time difference. Right, right. You know, could you imagine if we actually did a show live that was being listened to live and then happens to be repeated the next morning? It's a much different and better experience than, you know, than just pre-recording a show and airing it Absolutely. later on. It gives people more options, more times to listen to it. So those are just some of the things that we're thinking about. And with the few minutes that we have left, though, it is ironic because you and I are on at 11 o'clock. Right. So, right. Um, and at 11 o'clock... Yeah, go for it. No, we want to invite people at 11 o'clock to call in and to email in and to comment on the app with their feelings and practical questions about this change so we can address them. Exactly. We we are encouraging people. We can give out the line now. Sure. It's 212-529-4620. Callers will be screened. So let's just everybody... Keep ourselves in check, but 212-529-4620. You can also email us here. Um, should we do the info line, info at NachumSiegel.com? No, I think we should do uh, I think we should do Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. Okay, Nachum at com. You can also shoot me an email, Miriam at NachumSiegel.com. And of course, if you have already downloaded the app, and we really hope you have, you can comment on the app. Once you register, you can comment on the app. Registration is up. App downloads are up. So clearly the message is getting out there. But with the few moments that we have left, it is a quite a bold move at this point in your career to make this kind of a leap. Who was your inspiration for giving you that opportunity to move further out on the limb and go out there? Well, I don't want to identify one person because I think there are a variety of people in this industry that have made this move, made this type of move to gain more independence, to be more in control of what they do, in control of their own destiny, so to speak. And it's those people that have made those moves prior to this one that have encouraged me that it can be done. You know, one of the problems with change or one of the challenges when it comes to change is you wonder, you know, is it possible to succeed? Is it possible that this will end up being a successful venture? Having seen people 
uh, create for themselves successful ventures after change after drastic changes like this in their own lives. I think that those people are responsible for um, uh, for being the inspiration to make this happen. They get it. Yeah, they get it, and they've experienced it, and they've proven that it's doable. Well, Nahum, I very much appreciate you joining me today on That's Life. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me as a guest. Totally my pleasure. Um, continued Hatzlacha to you, to all of us in this room, and Amen. to all of our listeners. Amen. And I'll take this opportunity to wish you and Stacey publicly a Shana Tova. Shana Tova to you. Thank you very, very much. And as we mentioned, in literally just a few moments, the live lunch will begin, hosted by Nahum, and we will be answering your questions and concerns and whatever else you got going on. And We're go- take your praise. And take yes, and take your praise. That would be good. And take your praise. Two one two five two nine four six two zero Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. Ask us the questions that have been on your mind and that you have uh Wanted the answers to for the last 48 hours. We're happy to help you install the app if you have not already done so. And Yoni Pollock is available at a street corner near you to help install that app on the spot. Let's go through the lineup after the live lunch, as we mentioned. May I interject? It does look like it's going to be 1230. Are you serious? So it looks, which which actually is much better for us. Right. right, But we should let people on social media. Yeah, we might want to let everyone know that we've been giving them the wrong time. It's likely going to be at 1230. So the source that you had. I I don't know. I think there was confusion about that, but I checked it so many times it frustrates me but whatever. okay so just kidding about the other thing 12 30 is when uh prime minister as, Net- of now. as of now is when prime minister netanyahu is scheduled to speak at the un so we will begin uh that coverage at 12 30 so you only have 90 minutes to call us with your questions and concerns regarding app transition so 212-529-4620 Avrami, i don't even think we're going to get to my closing so we may want to begin the live lunch with that i'm i'm just saying uh thank you uh, and tomorrow morning, Jam in the AM on uh, Jam in the AM tomorrow morning six. Uh, what'd you say, Monkey? No, it's fine. Six AM tomorrow morning Eastern Time. Nachum Siegel hosts Jam in the AM. Malcolm Holmline joins Nachum for the weekly update at seven forty. I'm sure his coverage will be different from our coverage today at twelve thirty. Yeah, not nearly <laughs> as good as ours, but he'll try his best. <laughs> well, there'll be no color commentary. That's but true. Exactly. Um, at the conclusion of Jamie and Am, don't forget, it's a brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman. Jamie Geller is in the house, and Feige Sprecher from Kitchen Click. They both join the program. Also, Mutzay Shabbos, Mutzay Shabbat of Rummy hosts Saturday Night Seagull, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Matis hosts JM Sunday, as he has been seamlessly doing since its inception. That's Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We are... Not exactly going to close. Are we going to close with the song? We're not going to. Yeah, sure. We're going to close with the song. This is Eyal Golan's Mangina. It's off of the Nagat Li Balev album. Happens to be a song that I find incredibly inspiring. I hope you'll enjoy it, too. This has been a phenomenal program. Thank you to Nahum. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Dere 
Thank you. 